This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another episode of the Expected Bets for Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be breaking down the slate for November 9th. Before we get into that, let's bring in the rest of the crew. Betsky, how are we doing? We're doing good over here. It's finally feeling like fall, you know. That means it's like 99. 95. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so can't complain. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's 34 in Boston Oof. today. So Jeez. slight difference there. Frank, I'm sure the weather in Philly is a little bit similar to Boston. How are you? Yeah, I'm a little warmer than that. It's like 50, so I'm, okay. I'm good. This, this is like the perfect time of year right here. So yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly. All sports, all major sports going on at the same time right now, pretty much. You got the NFL, got NBA back. Do you guys bet NBA, by the way? Uh-uh. I did a few times in, in my past and then started having situations where like I would need like 15 or 16 points. A guy would have 14 in the first half and then not make another basket for the entire game. So I kind of just said, all right, I'm done with this sport. It's ridiculous. So. Kind of like shots on goal pretty much. Yeah, but it's way yeah. worse, man. I mean, for you to have that much in one half and not be able to make another basket, it's just like I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I've had it happen multiple times too. It's insane. So even even last night in the uh, Tampa Bay Montreal game, where they uh, Tampa Bay puts up four in the first period and then nothing in the second, you think the overs? I thought that suddenly was suddenly becomes a little bit sweaty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so did I. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of Montreal, here let's get into our first game. We got Montreal traveling to Detroit. Detroit minus one eighty-five on the money line. Over under set at six and a half. Minus one twenty to the over here. Detroit's been pretty solid at home this year, 4-2-1. Two, and one. Montreal struggled on the road this season so far, 1-2-2. Two, and two. Um, Montreal has lost their last four. Detroit's also kind of on a bit of a skid here, losing five of their last seven here. Goalie matchup and kind of the total would indicate that you're leaning over here. But interesting stat, five of the last six games between these two teams have gone under. So huh. pretty crazy <clears throat> historical matchups. Franco, I'll start with you in this game. Any leans on the side total or player props? Yeah, it's crazy about the the unders trending for the series because when you first look at it, you're thinking overs yeah. for sure. Both these teams have been more playing towards the over in general. I, I know Detroit's cooled off. They, they really start out hot. That offense looked great. And then I feel like recently they've kind of tailed off a little bit. But um, – one of the main things I'm going to look at here is, is the power play points for Detroit. Again, I know they've cooled off, so it's not as good as it was, but they're still ranked towards the top of the league in both opportunities for, which they're ranked fourth and um, fifth in power play goals um, in a 28% clip. So Montreal, for their part on the defensive end, is obviously slacking, and um, they're getting up the second most penalties, uh, power plays a game. 
and um, hovering around the bottom 23 overall at a 75% um, penalty kill rate. So definitely going to look at the um, Detroit power play point props. I know that Debrinkit was red hot with him for a while. He's kind of cooled off, I would say, but just depends on the value. I'm going to look at the value of the lines tomorrow and see who, who looks the best there and, and probably go there. And what better time to bounce back than at home against Montreal? So, I mean, I, I, I've kind of been noticing that when somebody misses a prop that they were hitting at like a 65 to like 70-ish point clip, especially now that we're getting like 10-day chunks of data, yeah. and they miss twice in a row that, and and have a good target, that is one of the best times to jump right back onto it. So I bet you to bring cats value is going to be better than it was a couple games ago. And like you mentioned, this is a great target for him to get another power play point. Yeah. I mean, obviously the historical data says one thing, but it's kind of something you just throw in there. I mean, both these goalies, the expected starters, Allen pulled in his last game after allowing what four goals on nine shots. He's allowed four, three and three in his last three games. Who's on the other end, five, four, three, three and five and goals against in his last <laughs> five starts here. So, and both these teams play the over Montreal, seven and five with the over Detroit, nine and four to the over here. So I don't mind the over in this matchup here. Um, all the stats indicate that Detroit scores more at home. They allow more at home as well. Montreal scores more on the road, oddly enough. Um, so at six and a half here, I don't mind it at minus 120. I could see it moving to maybe minus 130, minus 125 at puck drop, but I uh, I don't mind the over despite the historical data in this one. Yeah, and that's a good point because these were different teams. Way different the past teams. two scenes, seasons. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Montreal was one of, I mean, just a bomb dweller for two straight years after they made a cup appearance. <laughs> yep. And then uh, Detroit's, Detroit's revamped lineup. Yep, this is, I mean, that offense we saw at the start of the year, while I don't necessarily believe that they are going to have a top five offense for the entire season, I think we'll see sparks of it because they have a very good top line. They have depth down all four lines, really. So it's really if if all the lines are clicking and that power play is going, aka at home games, I feel a lot more comfortable with Detroit. I think they're going to be kind of like a team to just kind of pick out your targets. So Arizona is a good example of that too, where they're just not going to match up against the heavier set teams. Uh, no. Detroit's probably going to be a little bit better in, in that capacity, but I mean, none of those top guys are like truly what I would say, like elite level forwards or, or typical top six forwards outside of Debrinkat and and maybe Larkin as far as offense. Uh, Larkin's obviously a great two-way center. Um, not going to try to doubt that. And he's had some really amazing seasons uh, consistency-wise. You know, he kind of goes up and down, though. But, yeah, outside of kind of what you highlighted, the only two props that really would stand out for me, definitely to bring at shots. Um, at home, I think he's had four-plus shots every game. So even if they're trying to force-feed you the 2.5 line, if you can get alt lines, it may be more worthwhile just to – bounce it up one especially since detroit's been a little bit cold um montreal give up a ton of shots to centers so larkin has been really cold it just Very. mentioned bounce back times this this is probably a great spot for detroit to try to get right back to where they were before uh 
great target again for them to just kind of take the pound town and give a spanking to. So I really got those two big names circled. Nothing flashy here. I'm definitely avoiding Caulfield after the taco sank last night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the last game Detroit played last night versus uh, New York, despite the score of them putting up, I think they put up three. um, They were never in that game. Uh, clearly in the third period, quick kind of let up the span. I think it was two quick ones, no pun intended there, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, he looked decent throughout the game, but yeah, Detroit just limited scoring opportunities. The whole game, Detroit completely outplayed, um, versus the Rangers who we'll get to later to look pretty damn yeah, good. And it, if, if you're playing against quick, you should be able to put up three points. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Agreed. I don't, I don't yeah. think how teams aren't doing that automatically every game. It should be overs every time. He's no. on that. I, I, I did not have that game circled yesterday, and I'm just kicking myself because that was such an easy over. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had I just it circled it just didn't play because it. it was yeah first first home game in a little bit. I, I just, well, I guess I think this is their second one, but regardless. Yeah. All nice right, yeah. It is. It is. Moving along here, we got Vancouver at Ottawa. Vancouver uh, minus 112, Ottawa minus 108 on the money line, over under, set at six and a half here, minus 130 to the over, pretty much what you expect. Ottawa ranks fifth in goals four, uh, averaging 3.8 at home. That number jumps to four. Uh, even they've been worse defensively at home, too, oddly enough. Uh, they give up more goals against at home. I think Franco is going to highlight this one. It's another power play uh, situation here that he's going to try to target. But Vancouver won their last four, uh, seven in their last eight. They're red hot. Didn't see that coming. So we'll have to delete the footage of our uh, preview <laughs> on them for sure. Uh, so wrong Ottawa, on them, man. <laughs> yeah. Ottawa comes in here limping, though, too. Lost five of their last six. Uh, both these teams, in terms of on the season, uh, it leans more towards the over here. Demko has been solid as of late, but Corpusalo has not, oddly enough, uh, pulled in his last game as well. So, Franco, I'll let you do the honors here. What power play angle are you targeting this one? Well, before I get to that, I mean, why is Vancouver even bettable right now? Unless, like, Ottawa shows some crazy sort of life tonight in this game, I just – I don't get it. They, they look like they're – just not right at all. I don't know when DJ Smith's going to get fired. Um, you know, the players are still talking him up. Kachuk, Giroux, the, the vets just saying, yeah, we want to play for him and all that fun stuff. But, like, when push comes to shove, this team just has not produced up to the standard that we're expecting from them with what they have. And I don't know. I, I don't get how Vancouver's not minus 130, minus 140 tomorrow. So, that is the first thing that stuck out to me right away yeah. is just you're, you're getting a team on a back-to-back who's not playing well and against the Red Hot Vancouver team. So start isn't there. there some, isn't there some weird percent of uh, teams that are waiting for their opponent to come back to their home arena and win like, gosh, 55 to 60% of the time or something higher than that? Because one team's rested at that other team's rank. Yeah. And the other one's playing the night before and then traveling back. Um, and then on top of it, Vancouver is traveling cross country. So maybe that's why the books are a little yeah, off on this. But who yeah, knows? I mean, they, they still had an extra day's rest, though, right? Like they didn't play yeah, exactly. Game. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. But regardless, um, the power play angle is obviously Vancouver here. 
Um, third best power play percentage in the league right now, 32%. Um, towards the top 10 in, in opportunities for. So, and Ottawa, they're hovering around the middle, 12th, 12th overall with um, opportunities against, but they're pretty dreadful in the PK, 75%. So, you, you got to target this the, them any chance they're going to get. Vancouver has just been awesome on the power play. Um, both lines really power play points have been pretty reasonable. I know um, guys like Patterson are like plus 100 ish. So they're kind of low, but usually you're going to be able to get like Miller or Kuzmenko at like plus 150 plus 160. And that's pretty damn good. And, and on top of that, I mean, Quinn Hughes has been awesome. Obviously. Like I, I think he's cemented himself in the, the early running for, for um, Norris at this point. Um, yeah, just, he took the lead. Awesome, man. I mean, he, yeah, yeah he's, he's been awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he can keep this pace because I've always liked him as a defenseman. He's just never kind of been able to put the, the pieces together. So, but I mean, I'm looking at his stats against them historically. Obviously, like, he's been on fire in general, nine points in his last three games, which is just ridiculous. And uh, historically, in the last year, the three years against Ottawa, 15 points in 13 games, and we're talking 14 assists. So oh my if, God. if his assist prop is bettable, I mean, I, I am kicking myself over and over for not taking it the other day. It was like minus 130, which is right around the, the cusp of where I really want to be taking a player prop. But with as good as he's been, if he's anything under minus 140 tomorrow for a, for an assist, like lock it in, play it. Just don't don't think about it. He's just been money. Yeah. Why not two? Yeah, I mean, yeah. two points, two, two assists, whatever you want to do, for sure. Yep. All him up. Yeah. Now, he is scoring a lot more this season because he's actually shooting yeah. almost as much as his brother. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. his assists, last season, I think he would have like a goal in every 10, for every 10 assists or something insane like that. Uh, but this season's a little bit dicier with that. So, yeah, maybe two points is the place to go with that if you want something with a little bit like maybe another, do an, another, do, maybe I mean, doing an assist for a unit and then like sprinkle two points for half or something or you even do an assist for a full unit and you do a quarter or a half for a goal and you just say screw it right and you're going to come out on top especially if he scores an assist so that's yeah yeah i mean if you're looking for assists to heronic uh 10 points in his last seven games all assists yeah he's been good Yep. So he's been pretty solid as well there. Uh, Beskini looks for you. And I love the power play angles on this one. Um, I mean, again, maybe looking at Pedersen for two points, Hughes for two points. I think both of those are probably things to kind of really consider, especially if you're going to get those in plus 200 range, plus 180 range. Um because you know a half unit can p- pretty much make you a full unit or sorry one and a half units so yeah. um i would like to see what ottawa does tonight too though before i'm hammering a vancouver money line this could be something where if i had to put my money on it i almost like them more tonight than tomorrow playing in toronto have a big game in toronto party all night come home get spanked by vancouver seems like that, the that's the script in my head yeah 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 um i mean yeah ottawa ranks I'm, eighth though in shots for vancouver 17th and vancouver allows more on the road here um your ottawa targets vancouver gives the ninth most to centers sixth most to left wingers but again 
that back-to-back is always kind of a tough angle when you're talking yeah. about shots. Check out props.cash. They got that uh, amount of days rest as one of the options to filter out the data, though. So you may be able to try to find or pinpoint somebody who's good on back-to-backs. One guy who's always been really good at home for Ottawa, though, is Batherson. We haven't really talked about him. Uh, Ottawa shuffled the lines up a little bit. So I believe it's to Chuck Norris Batherson. And then um, last I checked, Drew and Stutzla are on the second line together. So you may be able to get a lot of value on Batherson point right now because he started off really slow this season and his shots have started off really slow. But last season, it was something like hitting 70% of the time at home and then you know, like a 38% on the road. So that may be something to consider, even though Vancouver's a little bit tough on shots. Yeah. I wanted to ask this to you. I, I mean, I've always struggled with kind of tracking the line changes. It feels like obviously daily faceoff kind of tweets them out here, but I did just find this new website that lists the lines for like the past five games for each team. So cool. you can really track it, which I, I've always struggled with that. I don't know about you guys, but it feels like trying to track 32 teams of who's moving up and down, especially on power plays, feels like it always changes. Is that um, left left wing lock? No, I will. Uh, I'll shoot the link uh, in the chat right now to you guys, and I'll post it in the YouTube um, comment as well, or um, information for everyone as well. But it's a pretty cool website. It has a bunch of different things. It tracks all kind of active point streaks for the day. Oh, tracks cool. hot goalies, hot yeah. players. So it's uh yeah, it's a pretty cool website. That's the one I use for a lot of my like uh, historical stuff too, as well. Yeah, they're, they're awesome, man. This, this yeah. is awesome. Really cool website. Um, all right, here. Any other things in Vancouver, Ottawa? This kind of a wait and see. I mean, I think we highlighted yeah. some good angles. You probably don't this this could be a really good target for shots and and points uh back-to-backs kind of get scary too and and i don't know uh, i kind of want to see if ottawa empties the tank tonight if they if they have a bad loss tonight i think vancouver could really give them the run around tomorrow and then we see a coaching change after t- back-to-back big losses against canadian teams if they win tonight maybe hit hit vancouver hard because they may be celebrating and coming back a tired team yeah, yeah, I don't think that Vancouver line staying by tomorrow. Like, I, I no. don't think it's going to be as, as nice of a line as it is right now. Next game on the slate here, we have Minnesota traveling to New York to take on the Rangers. The Rangers' home favorites in this one, minus 155 on the money line. Over-under set at 6.5, which is a little interesting. Um, juice to the under here. Minnesota ranks 8th in goals 4 per game. Uh, New York 14th and goals four per game, but New York's been pretty solid defensively. Minnesota struggled a little bit here. Obviously, I think we're going to have another power play angle, Franco, but um, just Durkin questionable for tonight. So quick might get his third consecutive start, which is interesting. Wow. He's allowed three and four in his last two starts. Fox obviously out indefinitely here. New York's just been red hot, though. Eight of their last ten they've won, picked up points in each of their last nine here. Minnesota on a two-game skid, but they do add uh, Zach Bogosian to their defensive unit, uh, which is a recent Mm. trade that just happened. Minnesota defeated New York earlier this season, too, which is pretty interesting. In a shootout, the last two games versus these two teams ended in a shootout, so another draw angle we could see out of Franco here, plus 310, plus 340, another one of those, but... 
I'll start with you here, Betsky. Any sort of angles that you're looking at in this matchup? Yeah, we mentioned it earlier. If Quick's in it, hammer the over, especially with the way the Wild have been playing lately. Let's just yeah. say they've been playing a little wild. Uh, that one was teed up for me. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let I'll let Frankel talk about the the power play points because yeah, yeah, this one this one looks really Screams. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for some more hidden gems, they snuffed out. Um, Marco Rossi's been fantastic lately. Yeah, and if we get quick in that, this would be a great spot to try to find him. Uh, um, hopefully your books have him. I'm sure he's probably in that minus 115 to plus 115, plus 120 range, just because he's a lesser known player, even though he has, I think, geez, over seven points now as a rookie. I think he had seven going into last seven game. And I forget. games. Yeah. So not bad. Uh, Boldy is back. So I think we're going to see more scoring up and down the lineup for uh, Minnesota rather than kind of just focused on that top line with Kaprizov, Hartman, Zooks. Um, Erickson X been awesome with shots lately, even though Rangers aren't the best target. So this may be one just to kind of try to find some extra value with your points on the, uh, the Minnesota side. And then, because Minnesota gives up tons of power play opportunities, but also have one of the worst penalty kill. I think this is a really nice spot for uh, power play props that I'll let Franco highlight. Another guy you just really can't get off of the wagon right now is Panarin. I mean, you think his shots every, every single game. Uh, I, I don't know. 20 what points in 12 I mean, games. Yeah. Yeah, so that's an insane so he's like pace. second, second in in the league for points. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Um, and he has seven goals, man. I mean, like, yeah. when does that ever yeah. happen with Panarin? Never. I, never. So that that's a nice thing. I'm just taking a look at shots by position. Minnesota ranked fifth against uh, or fifth worst against right wing. So great target for Panarin. I mean, use it as a parlay piece, use it however you'd like, but there's no reason to not use some sort of Panarin prop right now because it, it's just helping get extra value out of anything. Yeah. yeah. Even Kreider, too. Kreider's been a little bit of a hot streak as of late as well. So, But more value on his, I'm assuming, than Panarin, um, obviously. But Franco, the floor is yours for the power play. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's, it's obvious. Um, it's too good. New York, New York's just been awesome on the power play. Um, they're hitting around like thirty-two um, percent. And Minnesota is dead last. So, yeah, me all the props. The the interesting one, and I'm really annoyed I didn't come back to it because I, I bet him the first game. Um, Fox was out. Was um, Gustafson. And he, he yeah. didn't get one. And then I forgot to bet him last night. He got a power play point and, a, and an assist. They refused to give us his point prop straight, which, like, I'm just waiting. I I would think it would be bettable, though, like, just because he's not Fox. Fox is always minus 170 for a point, something like that. I would assume Gustafson would be, like, a minus 110, minus 120 type. And they're just not giving us that line. So, um, I mean, pick your player. I'm sure Panarin's going to be probably minus money, to be honest, for a power play point. So you're probably going to have to pivot off him. We'll see what the numbers are, of course, tomorrow. But I do really yeah. like Gustafson because they're a team that does heavily utilize the point players. 
um, to set up and get get that open look for one of the guys on the on the wing to get the shot. So um, usually they're getting a touch in there. Um, the other Even angle, Kreider though, decent though in front. Yeah, he's usually in yeah. front. You know, he's, he's deflecting. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I would again, it depends on what the numbers are, what the lines are, but yeah, I would I would tend to probably. If Panarin's in the minus money range, I'll probably pivot off and look towards somebody else for a little bit more value. But again, it just depends on what we're seeing. Um, one guy, though, is on the other side of the on on Minnesota is Zuccarello, who loves playing the Rangers. Oh yeah, he had a goal the last game. I, I'm pretty sure he hit his shots. So, he did. I, I was on his shots the last game at home. And I can, he, I can, again, I completely forgot about it. I don't know why I wasn't thinking about it, but I mean, yeah. he's kind of like the, the, the engine for that line now. Cause he, he got bumped down from the first line. He's playing with Hartman and Johansson right now. So it's not your typical, he's on the line with Kaprizov. Kaprizov's the engine on that line. So now he gets his own kind of showcase now. So, um, I'll be looking at his shots. I'll be looking at his point prop, maybe his goal prop, just because. And another thing I noticed, too, was midway through that game the other day for Minnesota, they actually bumped Boldy off the top power play and put Zuccarello back on it. So it started off with, with Zuc on the second unit. So um, maybe keep an eye out. Not not that New York's the best um, penalty kill to target, but um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they, if they keep Boldy off that first unit and keep uh, Zuccarello back on it. But they had originally had it as Boldy being the, the, the fifth player on that unit. So just something to consider there. Yeah, I like that look as well. Um, next game on the slate here, Dallas traveling to Columbus. Dallas road favorite here, minus 198. Over under set at six, juice to the over here. Dallas 7-3-1 and one on the year. Columbus 4-5-3. and three. Dallas has been really solid on the road this year, 4-1-1, one, and one, yeah. sitting in second in the central. They've scored more goals on the road, allowed less goals on the road here. Um, I think target, obviously, in this one is, oddly enough, going to be Columbus shots on goal. Dallas ranks 27th in shots and goal against. Um, they allow more on the road here. So your targets for Columbus are going to be your centers. Dallas allows the fifth most shots and defensemen. Again, Dallas allows the fifth most shots to them as well. Dallas coming in on a two-game skid here. Columbus, though, losing six their last seven. Duchesne questionable. Um, and Dallas already beat this Columbus squad five to three earlier this year. Going to look at maybe, I think, obviously, the shot by goal targets, but Dallas in regulation here as well. I think it's a prime bounce-back spot for them against this Columbus spot. Columbus team, they've proven they can beat them, and it really wasn't even close in that first game. So, that's what I'm looking at here. Uh, Betsky, any angles in this one? Yeah, I mean, immediately the the two spots, the centers and defensemen, are, are what I have circled. And uh, Columbus has some great options there. Rowenski's been fantastic to start the season. He's been in a little bit of a slump. Again, I love my bounce back areas. So this would be a nice spot for him to... Start shooting a little bit more on a good target. Uh, Fantilli's been great, too, as far as the shots on goal. I feel like I'm always a little bit ahead of the curve on this this player in particular because every time I hit, he hits the next day. But again, this is a hard target not to like. Fantilli just keeps on gaining more and more trust from his coach and his team. Um, so I, I really kind of like him being able to kind of battle against some of the bigger guys in Dallas and, and get some pucks on net for 
for Columbus. So those are probably my two that I like the most as far as just kind of the value you'll probably be able yeah. to get from them. Jenner's been really good as well. I don't know if his line will be 2.5 or 3.5, uh, but again, 2.5 is a nice parlay piece. If you get him at 3.5, definitely going to get plus money, probably in that plus, you know, 130 plus area. Uh, and he's he's hit quite a bit this, this season already at that. Um, so I don't know. Those are kind of the targets I'm looking for on the Dallas end. Hints is really good on the road. Uh, he's been a little quiet past couple games. Again, another bounce back target right there. And as you mentioned, I think Dallas and Rag sounds sounds pretty sweet and tasty. Yeah. Frego, how about you? Not too much for me in this game, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I would lean Dallas and Rag as well. It's it's a perfect spot for them to come back after yeah. two tough games against Boston and Vancouver. And oddly enough, I mean, Dallas has really been kind of playing more towards the over this year. I know going into the season, we thought they would be an under team just by the way they play. They're usually that defensive team um, and solid goaltending. But like like you guys had said already, they, they're giving up a ton of shots, and it's kind of not what we would ever expect from them. So, no. um, I mean, I might consider the over, maybe like a first period over, something like that. Um See what see what the lines look like, but th- these games, I, I know typically Columbus pushes you to six and a half, but Dallas is usually sitting on a five and a half or six line. So we'll see. I know it's sitting at six and a half plus money right now. We'll see where it kind of settles at tomorrow, and maybe look for like a live over or something like that if you can get like a five and a half in game. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, would you talked way to go yeah. on the live side of this one because Columbus has been actually pretty decent as far as playing in the under games and kind of limiting goals to the and wins and to those like three, two scores. So it seems like the times it does go over when it gets a little out of hand for what the amount they let in. Yeah. It's an interesting transition too. I mean, you mentioned Dallas allowing a ton of shots on goal this year. It's almost the same thing with Seattle too. Seattle was pretty good defensively last year at limiting shots. And this year, I think they're in the bottom uh, quarter in terms of allowing shots on goal with, both teams last year playing pretty heavily to the under. So kind of an interesting transition there. But next game up is Arizona at St. Louis. St. Louis, the favorite in this one, minus 122. Over, under, set at six and a half here. Even money on the over, minus 120 to the under here. The Oats, six, five, and one, fourth in the central here. Betsky, I mean, this team's power play has looked pretty good here, so I know where we're going with yeah. this one. Um, Arizona's already beat St. Louis this season, too, 6-2. Uh, to I'll let the floor is yours here. We like Sweet. this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, I remember the days when St. Louis just owned us, like Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears, and <laughs> Zona could never beat them. And now, oh boy, have the tables turned, uh, especially with, with the introduction of Clayton Keller to the team and him kind of be emerging as a top winger in the league. He's from the St. Louis area. He loves playing against them, and he especially loves playing in St. Louis. It is yeah. in St. Louis, correct? Yes, it is in St. Louis. That's awesome, yeah. So he is definitely somebody to circle, um, whether that be his shots and kind of more of a parlay fashion. Points are going to have to be more of a parlay. Maybe uh, Franco has the power play point look for him. Um, Or, you know, maybe alt it up a little bit. Go for four shots or two points because this is a team he loves to play against. He's another one to look for for a goal. 
Um, or, you know, look towards his line mates too. Hayton finally got on the scoreboard by getting his first point and goal of the season uh, last night. Maybe he's going to stay hot. He's been fantastic for that line with Schmaltz. He's doing almost all the hard work. He just seems to touch the puck as like the third guy and then, you know, doesn't get that secondary assist when he should. Um, Michali's been on, I think, an eight-game point streak at this point maybe more and he still sits around minus 115 or so it's absurd so that would be obviously something i look at and then cooley's been playing on the top power play unit so if you can get his power play point that may be something to kind of look at his he's been playing on i think the third line um with carcone and gosh zucker was supposed to be playing yeah sorry who Yes, uh, boy, boy. Yeah, yeah. So two two anchors really. Danny <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, Keller, Cooley, and Schmaltz all have six power play points. So I think yeah. that's to be yeah. Yep. So Frank, if you're going to else, take yeah. don't don't get Sorry. tempted by the plus one hundred, plus one oh five for a Cooley point. Just go right for the power play point and do go right for the power play point. Yeah. yeah. Franco, any uh, thoughts so- here? Very sorry, Besky. I keep cutting you off. Uh, there. I, I, no, <laughs> no, no, I don't have much more to say because I was I was about to say I don't I don't have many good looks for St. Louis because they have been a team that have just kind of puzzled me this year. And Kairu's starting to heat up, so maybe his shots on goal. But outside of that, uh, this was a team I liked to bet on last year too. There's there was a, a lot of value for just kind of point props or overlook shots, but uh, it's been it's been a struggle with them this year. Yeah, they, they haven't really been scoring this year, man. Like, I, I don't get it. The team is still pretty much intact from last year. And, like, overall, they're just not what we have come to expect from the Blues team. It's not that different. So, um, one player that has been hot for them, though, is Robert Thomas. Three goals in three games. Um, I think since they moved Kapanen up to that first line, it's kind of provided a little bit of a spark. So, um I think recently they've been playing more to, towards the over, I believe. Let me check here just to verify. But <clears throat> yeah, they they've been they've been producing a little bit more so the last few games at least than they were to start the season. So, I mean, my initial lean in that first game was the over. I think you got to go back to the over here again between these yeah. two teams. I think it's worth betting. Um, I don't love betting Arizona on the road. I feel like they're a lot better at home, at least like in my mind, but they have been pretty good on the road overall, I think this year. So Two, three, I, I, like, one. I, I like the, ang- I, yeah, I mean, they were like a completely stay off team almost. It seemed like last year on the road. So um, I like the angles. Betsy already kind of highlighted, obviously the power play points look for your value there. Um, if you have three, six, five, you can try to run that. Keller Schmaltz point parlay again. I've tried it twice and gone 0 and 2 somehow. I don't know how it's huh. possible because um, they just always seem to score for this team. But somehow I picked the two games that they were non existent. But um, like you said, Keller point props, maybe you go over one and a half points, something like that is probably a good value. Maybe his goals. Um, but yeah, if, I, if I'm looking at anything, I'm probably looking at the over mainly. And um, like I said, I, I don't mind that top line for St. Louis just because of how hot they've been. So maybe there's some value there, just depending on the numbers we get. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the over because I was questioning that as well. Plus 100 to the over here. I mean, Vegmilka 
five, four, and five goals against in his last three. Bennington, four, one, four, and five. Obviously, Bennington started pretty hot this year, but St. Louis's offense has picked up. They had two in their last game and then six and four before that. So I feel like that over is going to maybe end up around 105, 110. But um, I was curious what your thoughts were on it, but I'm glad you brought that up. because I, I looked at it originally and I was like, how is this plus money right now for this prop? Well, I think that's how I felt the first game too, because I believe it was at six the the game a couple of weeks ago, and I kept looking at it and saying that's the the obvious bet, but I just kept talking myself off it and going other angles, and then obviously it sailed over and it was just an easy one. It's just one of those things where now do you hesitate because they recently played and it's the the opposite trend or yeah. You, am I gonna talk myself off of it again? But I, I feel like if it's, it's one of those things, man. Like, you know, you second guess yourself, and then you talk yourself out of it, and you see all these goals happen. Somehow, you're not on the right prop, and it's just frustrating. So, I like the over, though, man, for sure. Perfect, um, Besky. Your thoughts on that over? I, I would lean that way right now. Our goaltending is just struggled a little bit and the blue line is definitely showing cracks right now. So uh, it's really been the monster and a Jersey show and all other four defensemen right now. Haven't, haven't been the best uh, Dumbo included. So. Yeah. Awesome. Next game up, we have Seattle traveling to Colorado here, Colorado uh, minus two eighteen on the money line over under six and a half uh, plus money on the over again here, minus minus one twenty to the under Colorado 8-3-0 and to start the season. Seattle comes into this one on a two-game skid. Uh, they've lost three of their last five as well. Another historical stat here, nine of the last ten games between these teams have gone under. So another kind of stat there. Um, Colorado beat Seattle 4-1 to earlier this season here. But I'll start with you here, Franco. Any looks in this game? Yeah, I remember that under being the big thing. Um in that playoff series for them last year, like going into it, I looked at all the, you know, your typical thought process going into that series was goals, goals, goals. And um, all their previous history was all unders, which is crazy to think of. So um, Colorado got their revenge earlier this year Four one. They smoked them. I mean, I don't think Seattle, the Seattle scored first, but then had really nothing going for the rest of the game. So um, that was kind of like their, their statement game Colorado so now I wonder what kind of attitude each team has going into this game um Seattle's pretty bad for a nice little stretch there and they kind of turn it around until these last two games I know they lost in a shootout to Arizona I believe they were winning that game as well so Mm -hmm. they haven't been that team that I, I feel like last year they were a team that was able to get leads and hold on to them and kind of um prevent shots and kind of like you were saying earlier they're just not doing that this year so it, it it's obvious right like give up more shots you're gonna give up more goals it, it doesn't matter who your goalie is eventually there's gonna be cracks and obviously Seattle's goaltending is not the best so it's not like they have Ottinger back there or anything like that for what Dallas has so um I mean I don't, I don't want to bet the over but it, it feels like an over in this game I would think Seattle has a little bit more offensive firepower coming into this game than they did the last time these two teams met. Obviously, Colorado has been on a tear offensively the last few games, um, trending towards the over as well. So I know the history stays under, but 
I don't know. I, I just don't know how these teams feel coming into this game. So I'm kind of just wishy-washy, I guess, on that. Um, two players have, have been hot for um, Seattle have been Bjorkstrand and um, Tolvanen, though. So look towards their props, um, goal score props, uh, point props. They tend to always be bettable, these guys, like minus 115, plus 100 type guys. So I know McCann's been the guy historically, but his props usually not bettable straight for a point. So that's where I'd look. And obviously with them giving up more shots now, you got to look at Colorado shots. So um, I hate Ben McKinnon every time I bet him, he has like two shots on that fit five miss. So I'll let one of you guys take that one. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like a guy like Nishushkin who hasn't really been that good to start the year. He seems like he's kind of due for a good game. I, I know that line has been kind of not productive overall. Um, so interested to hear where you guys feel about that. Yeah, Betsky, any thoughts here? Ah, I don't know. Something seems wrong with McKinnon. Um, maybe he's got a little bit of a nagging injury. I, I don't know. Everybody was talking how great he looked in, in warm-ups, but just doesn't seem like we're seeing the same type of player. And maybe it's because the team's just trying to be more defensively responsible, uh, not letting him just kind of toss pucks everywhere. And it's Colorado's been kind of a thorn in my side as far as betting. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to lay off this game for the most part until I, I just start to see the trends a little bit better. Cause right now they're not speaking to me on the Colorado side. Um, McCann looks great for shots too. I think he had a really good kind of history versus Colorado, especially in the playoffs until he got injured. Um, and, and Rantanen's been seemingly the most consistent avalanche right now, but I, I don't have a good feel for this game. The last time they played, I, I just was hammering McKinnon props and, even though they won four to one and that he didn't really do what McKinnon, he didn't do McKinnon stuff, you know, uh, one I have circled that right when I saw the matchup was Colorado team total though. Um, they are still managing to put teams away kind of coming up and down the lineup. Um, the big boys still manage to get a point or two, and then they're finding some depth from surprising names, not Johansson or Druin or anybody you would have expected, but, from uh, more of their kind of later pickups in the roster. Yeah, one other guy, too, uh, Franco, in terms of Seattle, as uh, Schwartz. He's got nine points in seven games here, so that's oh, another wow. angle. Um, Colorado, fourth most shots for per game here. Uh, Seattle, 22nd most shots allowed per game. That number jumps up on the road as well. Your Colorado targets are going to be centers, um, Seattle gives up the third most shots on goals to them and defensemen as well with uh, sitting at third there too. Interestingly enough, I don't hate the over here. So Seattle is t- averages 20 or 2.62 goals for per game, but they've managed to put up three, at least three in their last four games here. Colorado too, obviously been a little bit of a skid defensively allowing three to New Jersey, seven to Vegas, and then four again to Buffalo during that span. So Despite the historical data, I could see this one going over as well in this matchup. And Colorado averages five goals for at home, too, from their overall average of 3.3. 3. 
So another big thing too is like we're seeing kind of the drop off for Yurgiev, right? So mm-hmm. he started off the season with that crazy. I forget what his GSA was the, but he was just on fire, right? And we're like, who the hell is this guy? And now they're, it's almost like they're running him into the ground. I don't really understand. Like if you're Colorado, you're supposed to be a playoff team, right? Why the hell does he have ten games played to two for Prosvetov? So I think Franco's injury hurt them too. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, but still, yeah. like you. Ha- Throw the backup in, man. Like, Prosvatov has been all right too to start the year. He, it's not like he's been terrible. I, I don't get it. Like, you're you're gonna run Georgiev in the ground, and then you're gonna have nothing. So, I, I mean, we're we're clearly seeing a drop off in Georgiev's play, and I think it's a lot to do with him just playing so much and getting overworked. So, that that's not a reason to point to the over. So, you can make the same point about Georgiev as you can Grubar. Grubar hasn't been good this year really at all. Four, two, three in his last three starts. And then before that, it gets even worse here. So it's really uh, over here. Without looking, how many points do you think McKinnon has this season? Nine. Yeah, like eight, eight or seven. Yeah, 11. Better than I thought, yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. I mean, what Kuch, Kucherov beats the league with twenty-two. Yeah, so, yeah. Certainly didn't expect that here. Um, all right, last game on the slate for November 9th Here we got Pittsburgh traveling to Los Angeles. The Kings are minus one twenty-five of the money line here. Over under set at six and a half. Heavily juiced to the over at minus one thirty in this one. The Kings. Uh, won five of the last six games for an overall record of seven, two, and two. However, they struggled a bit at home, uh, with a one, two, and two record. Pittsburgh, five, six, and oh, overall, have won their last two, but this will be their third game on their West Coast road trip here. So, I don't really have much in this game. I think it's going to be a pretty decent one, um, in terms of the late slate here. But I'll start with you here, Betsky. Any looks in this matchup? I brought it up earlier in the show and I'm circling it Pittsburgh money line because they are getting LA Kings coming off a game in Vegas against Vegas. They are playing tonight. That is the showdown for the Pacific right now, even though Vancouver obviously is in second place. There's just a lot more history between these two teams geolocation wise. They're right next door to each other. Um, I, I think we're going to get a Kings team that comes back home is tired and Pittsburgh. I mean, granted it was against the sharks and put up 10 points against them. They played a solid game last night against the ducks team who just beat Van, uh, Vegas. So I think Pittsburgh's figuring it out a little bit more recently. Uh, Jari's still kind of an issue. Um, but I, I kind of like, Pittsburgh to end this road trip on another high note and and still still another win here against a, a good LA team. Um, LA's been better as far as goals allowed than I expected this season, but it's still a little up and down and kind of same capacity it is with Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, as far you, as if you like, sorry, if ahead. you like Pitt right now, I'd grab them. They're plus one fifteen on Fanduel. All the other books have moved them to plus one hundred five. Yeah, I, I I really like that right now. Um, I mean, the Kings are a great team, but Pittsburgh's loaded up and down that roster as well. I just don't think we've been really seeing the uh, 
the results that they want with a with a roster like that and you know it's a obviously a very old roster and maybe it's just going to take a couple games and weeks to figure it out and maybe that's what we're going to start seeing pretty soon here um as far as shot props i i i'll need to dig more into this when we have a little bit more data and kind of how it goes tonight um Kings are tough against shots on goal right now. Pittsburgh's been kind of league average. Um, I'm sure there's some value in some of the big names on both teams. Um, Fiala at home is always a wagon, even though this year it's been not nearly the same hit rate as it was in years past, but he's one that I would potentially go right back to. Um, no, no true obvious spots for me, but maybe Franco's got some good ones. Franco? Yeah, I was going to say Fiala shots <clears throat> as well, just because of the the home splits for him. But um, I re- I'm really interested to see how the Kings look tonight, I guess, really is what it comes down to. I don't know. Is is that trend still a thing? I, I remember a couple of years ago, it was like if teams leaving Vegas was like an auto over and an auto like fade of the team like they because <laughs> just because i mean it makes sense right you're leaving yeah. vegas and like come on like so i mean on the surface i i lean the over there i know it's already minus 130 so that's probably gonna move to seven by tomorrow the six and a half yeah. to seven so i like that um kings have been getting a little bit better goaltending from talbot but you would assume it's gonna be uh copley on the back-to-back and then obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, is Jari good? I know he left that game and Helberg stepped in. So is he even going to be available to play for Pittsburgh tomorrow? Um, so we might we might be getting Helberg versus Copley. Wow. I mean, yeah, that would be awesome. So um, if you guys like that, I'd probably lock that in tonight. Um, one guy standing out to me for the Kings, though, is Kempe. Um, heating up offensively, two goals, two assists in the last three games shooting a ton, averaging over four shots a game. And uh, against Pittsburgh, historically, four games, four goals, two assists, 3.75 shots per game average. So that looks really good to me. I'll probably lean his goal prop, see what it looks like. Um, Point props usually not bettable for him, but maybe that's a parlay piece. And um, Byfield, since he's moved up to that top line, six assists in three games. Are we finally seeing – this guy turning into the guy that we thought uh, was going to be. I mean, I don't know. Is he? We'll, we'll see, I guess, right? But that line's productive. Um, he's probably going to be bettable, whereas Kopitar and Kempe aren't, um, just for a point prop. So look there for sure. And uh, Malkin's been red hot as well. Um, yeah, he has. Um, two, three goals in the last three games, four total points, averaging four shots a, on goal a game. So, again, um, just looking for that value um, on these guys. You know, you're not going to be able to bet Malkin straight for a point, but his goal props probably bettable for a nice number for a little sprinkle. And again, like all these signs point to the over, especially if we're getting two backups. Yeah, can we talk about what happened to PLD? I mean, to start the year, he was red hot in terms of shots, hitting five of his first six games, and then his last five, he's gone under. Just, I mean, I think we saw that turn to one of the games where he, he just looks like he's out there for a nice little Sunday skate, it feels like, at some points. I I hate that guy. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I just like when when we talked about them in the in the off season, I was like, the, like I think that the dude's just like he's not a good teammate. Like he's not a good player to have in your locker room. He just takes games off. He disappears, and I thought Winnipeg got a hell of a haul for him, man. Like to be honest, and. I don't know. I just like he has flashes. I think he's a talented player, but like we're seeing it again. You just where the hell is he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's frustrating. So yeah. I I just I don't know. He here he, he's just frustrating to me. I don't know. Yeah, another guy uh too in terms of shots on goal is uh Trevor Moore here. His attempts have been pretty solid in his last five games. He's gone over in four of his last five attempts, six, six, nine, three, seven. So that's kind of the number you want to see when you're targeting someone. Um, but he's a road dog. Thought? He is. He's, yeah. His home is, he just cuddles up in bed. and Three of his last dog. five, he's gone over at home. It's good. It's good. It's a start. So we're taking him, <laughs> no, we're taking him tonight then against uh, VGK or what? I don't mind him tonight. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty good value on the road. And yep. he's always firing, it seems like. But yeah, no, I mean, I like he looks decent for both both games. To be honest, he's he's maybe a new man. Yeah, you're right. As the way he splits five of his last six, just cleared <laughs> pretty easily. So yeah, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the slate for tomorrow? Any other games you guys can have circled that you're looking at uh, targeting? Uh, Edmonton spanking San Jose. I mean. I I know it would be comical to watch San Jose get their second win in a row uh, against Edmonton. I was really hoping they explode. They, I, yeah, I was hoping they were going to that city would explode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was hoping that San Jose would have another stinker against Philly, so that all the everything points to them beating Edmonton. But I think. Uh, after the past couple of games for Edmonton, they may really lash out on the Sharks. So grab those multi-point games from some of the big names. Maybe load up on some goals from the big names. But that could be ugly. Oh, and one other quick thing. This happened this weekend. We were trying to get a nice clip of it. During our season previews, we mentioned how Columbus was going to beat Tampa Bay and then lose to Washington, and we found the date of when it happened or when it was going to come up. And we're just made, you know, that's kind of what the Columbus team is. They they manage to win the game you don't think they win, and then they just get killed by Washington. Seemingly has their number, but a bad team. And then sure enough, Columbus handled Tampa, <laughs> flew into Washington, and lost to Washington. So that means Columbus is going to win against the Stars, then, right? I don't probably know. Back, back off I don't that know. Stars game, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. They're due uh, at this point. <laughs> I don't know if they're in every other game yet, but when are they yeah. playing Toronto? <laughs> well, oh, they have they an interesting be, schedule coming up, too, for Columbus. Obviously, they play Dallas, then they go to Detroit, and then they come back to New York at New that, York. There's the win. <laughs> No, yeah, they're gonna beat Dallas. Yeah. They're gonna beat Dallas, lose to Detroit, and then beat New York. There you go. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, how about lose I think that Dallas New York game overtime. is prime. Lose, Dallas, lose to Dallas in overtime. So there's your draw. Okay. Beat or lose to Detroit. Go and in, into New York and win. 
Yeah. I like it. And then who do they play after that? Because then they'll absolutely lose. That. Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's your Columbus preview. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right. Anything else? No, nah, man. I think we're good. Yeah. Perfect. All right. You guys want to shout out your socials? Franco the Banker on Twitter. Gretzky Betsky's on Twitter and the Parlay Science Discord. Awesome. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Gator Betting and on the Odds Breakers. Be sure to check out the link or the Twitter for the podcast as well at Expected Bets, where we post uh, each episode and a bunch of new content coming soon. So check that out. Appreciate you, everyone for listening, and this has been another episode of Expected Bets 4. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.